Have you, like everyone else in this pandemic, been sucked into multiple skincare routines? Ever wondered why Indian beauty regimes haven't been part of this trend? Is it a lack of products, marketing, or a general dismissal of Indian culture's influence on beauty trends altogether? Well, listen on and find out. Hi, welcome to Coats and Mascara, an exploration into India's fashion and beauty industry and its untapped potential. A show where we identify cultural trends and dissect the business opportunities across the ever-evolving landscape of the beauty and fashion industry in India. I'm Disha, your host. I'm a fashion designer and luxury brand consultant at House of Identities. I'm Sharvari, your host, a management consultant and a beauty enthusiast. In today's episode, we will be discussing the evolution of skincare trends globally before enduring the pandemic and why eye beauty or Indian beauty does not have a seat at the table in the global beauty and skincare market. So Sharvari, why do you think the focus on skincare became so important during this pandemic? So, you know, I mean, I think globally, skincare as a um, trend hasn't been picking up for the last five to six years, right? I mean, this is not a new trend, 100% accelerated during the pandemic since we were all sitting at home. You know, we didn't, we were not going out anywhere. So we had more time to invest in skincare routines, you know, sort of have the glow from within skincare look and we experimented more understand what products worked best for us you know so that when the pandemic is done we can actually come out with better looking skin and the idea of you know having a skin repaired from within then actually having only makeup to cover blemishes has definitely been a trend for a long time the no makeup makeup look or you know the natural look and definitely the time in the pandemic gave us gave the opportunity for this industry to really boom you know i think uh, globally, the skincare market has definitely grown around like what five percent in the pandemic, uh, according to the Business of Fashion, the State of Fashion report, and set to occupy about thirty-two percent of the overall beauty sales segment. You know, as we know, the beauty sales segment is divided into makeup and fragrances and personal care and so on, but skincare just holds the highest market share. Um, and of course, this is a global market. It definitely is a global market. And I think in India, you can also see trickle down versions during this pandemic, you know, especially uh, even personally, I think skincare has skincare for me has become so important during these two years. I mean, of course, you know, self care and self love has become extremely important with the pandemic. We've been completely homebound. We've just had more time to ourselves to really uh, you know, try around things. And of course, since uh, you can't go into color cosmetics at this time, Definitely, skincare is like something you want to invest in. I think personally, I've also experimented with so many homegrown and uh, international brands that have cropped up and picked up so many different different skincare routines. In fact, one of my favorite skincare routines that I picked up has been inspired by the K-beauty routines. K-beauty or Korean beauty, 
was not very known to me initially but i think with the nike boom that happened in india and the launch of k beauty brands like laneige i was completely uh, smitten you know and i started reading up about it and just got on to k beauty yeah i know i think k beauty for sure k beauty j beauty i think in general a lot of the east asian um sort of i think routines became a huge like a surge in popularity you know i uh, in india specifically i think overall globally it's been going on for the last 5 to 6 years but i think nike already jumped on the bandwagon you know with laneige and innisfree and all of that stuff so i absolutely believe that k beauty has had that kind of impact and one of the biggest things you know that really came into our routine was sheet masks <laughs> um i didn't know that sheet masks actually uh, originated from a k beauty sort of routine because like every brand has it but it's interesting to see that that has what a what a impact it has actually had on global skincare yeah i mean the sheet masks became so amazing i have myself have bought so many of them and like you know they come out in all these flavors from avocado to shea butter to honey and almond oil and you know the k ones especially have snail slime i think it's 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 so interesting i've been i've taken on to those disgusting though <laughs> snail slime <laughs> but it, it works it works um yeah i mean though i think k beauty one of the biggest reasons it why it probably managed to create such a big market but of course the marketing of these products you know showing the whole natural and you know again glow from within and repairing your skin but i think more than that the user friendliness of its products have is a huge value proposition you know there are ten, there are many routines many products we are duped into buying for these routines but it's very user friendly you know uh, easy i can i can you and you know it makes me feel like i have done something like my skin is going to be just fantastic yeah i mean i think one of the reasons why i liked the switch uh, to to k beauty products especially laneige products i think for me was that uh, it was fragrance free and i absolutely loved that you know uh, of course i like you know products that have a lot of fragrance and especially some of the more natural naturally fragrant ones like lavender or you know uh, the ones with sandalwood from you know forest essentials these are these are products that have such amazing fragrances which feel so natural by the same time i feel like too much of the fragrance sometimes can repulse you and you know put you off but this just felt so nice because i felt like it was it had no opinion you know it let you form your own opinion i think it literally was a product like that and it, it just gave you the option to like have as you mentioned you know it's so user friendly it feels so smooth on your skin but at the same time the lack of fragrance i think it's perfect and also you know it's it's thought out really well because having such a fragrance oriented product can sometimes not only be repulsive but at the same time it could cause allergies as well to people you know and to people who are sensitive to to fragrant products in fact my dermatologist has always uh, pushed me to stop using uh, very uh, or highly fragranced products is the irritation of the skin also right i mean i've heard So through a lot of Reddit groups that uh, we link, by the way, the lot of Reddit skincare addiction and all that, but a lot of people a big complaint about skincare products is that they it causes rashes and it's sort of like the the product is the antithesis of what it was supposed to do. Repair your skin actually makes it worse. Um, of course that is the case definitely, and 
in general, I think, you know, there's a reason why the Korean beauty market is $9.3 billion. It was valued in 2018, you know, because again, marketing techniques and actually understanding the consumer well has been a big selling point for them, for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, with K-beauty came the idea about uh, about moving into... Uh, they they started off from a point where in the last couple of years cultural trends in korea have been really targeted towards the youth audience you know they're really moving their focus there and that's how that's put south korea on the map you know we had um tv shows which focused on uh, on k on k drama which you know really picked up korean drama then you had the k-pop music that really oh, picked yeah, up definitely <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and before this, nobody really had that much of an idea about what the South Korean youth culture was. But this really put it on the map. And, you know, um, Korea is now getting linked. South Korea is getting linked to skin minimalism. But actually, I think this trend kind of originates a little bit back in the day from J-beauty or Japanese beauty, you know, because Japan as a culture has always been very minimalist in their approach. Minimalism and like, I think promising high efficacy also. That's true. Yeah. So I think they've really hinged their products based on that. But I think when we speak about East, East Asian beauty is of course picking up the world by storm. But I think in the last two, three years, another international beauty regime has become extremely popular and that's A beauty or African beauty. Have you ever heard of this or have you ever used any products of A-Beauty? Um, I've definitely heard of A-Beauty. There were articles on the business of fashion and by Birdie, you know, where they detailed out the market and it's boom, it's potential boom. But I've never used the products. You know, I've heard about some of the ingredients. You know, obviously we use them in so many other products, shea butter, mohoringa and argan oil. I mean, I'm sure, you know, listeners, I'm sure you must have heard of these products too, right? These kind of ingredients. So definitely they've, they've been used across different brands, but not specifically, I'm not subscribed or sort of gone down a African beauty regime. But I do know that a lot of the routine is really tied down to, you know, a natural, like from the natural organic root as such, you know, it's like ingredients are got from the African soil, connecting culture and traditions when you you know you, you, you connect like a story to say a routine and um i think that is a, that i think that's what differentiates it i think from say korean or japanese beauty or any other you know western beauty trends that's true actually you know because we uh, africa has always felt like such an such an exotic place for us and you know it's always screamed of nature at the most so i think uh, African beauty is selling the story of them being, of course, culturally oriented, but also using a lot of these natural ingredients which are homegrown, of course, makes it even better or connects more to their own audience and creates a sense of uh, familiarity there. So I think um, African beauty in terms of having those cultural roots, like you mentioned, is, is what has gained its popularity. But I think what has also linked it is in the last five years, you know, there's been a significant impact because of the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, of course, that movement is definitely more 
African American, but uh, there is the African element there, and you know that uh, that sense of color which is coming through, you know, the black pride, and you see it blossoming, which I think has also brought in the focus, of course, naturally to the beauty segment with beauty and skincare, and of course, African skincare becomes really important there. What do you think about this? You know, it's um, I think the one thing that the movement, not the one thing only, but that has really sort of put things in focus is focusing on sure African culture and not re- and you know using products that that you know sort of accentuate your natural being instead of subscribing to Western beauty standards. You know, whether it's hair care, you know, you've got I've seen uh, advent of a lot of African hair care, you know, African American women, a lot of celebrities come out with their own hair care brands, which is because you know, the kind of hair is uh, the kind of hair type and color and all is not, it's not the same as you know say Europeans or you know white Americans. So I think there has been a sort of embracing of culture and embracing of oneself that has really come about. You know this pride that people want to have and need to have, and I think that's to me that has really pushed a beauty as a you know industry in general. Um, of course, you know, like you mentioned, the cultural, the cultural aspects, right? The driven from the homeland. I think the story aspect to it is a very, is is, is a very fascinating way of um, of approaching beauty, right? I mean, you when you when you when you see a story behind a certain routine, it's very fascinating to me. I think it's something that you know we've talked about a lot, actually, haven't we? Yeah, and I think another a thing to consider is that. It takes a lot from their homeland and this itself is creating a, a dialogue here where I come through, where I think that the dialogue here translates very well to something coming from our homeland, you know, where which we can think about and speak about is eye beauty or Indian skincare rather. Yeah, you know, Indian beauty... I think now that you mentioned it, there is a huge similarity to a beauty in the sense that even Indian Indian beauty regimes that have been passed on from generations are tied into a lot of um, cultural aspects. Even our ingredients are got from the ground as such. You know, we have ingredients like tulsi and methi. You know, um, that we use in so many. Like for example, I mean how many routines have we gone through like you know the when our grandmoms even nani and dadi would tell us that for your face like you know a haldi pack you know what would it do it would remove all the dirt from your face i mean okay let's put a disclaimer here a lot of that has been um a, a sort of a like a sort of like a, a amalgamation or whatever like come down from a kind of colonial hangover because the entire idea of a haldi pack while it has a lot of rich ingredients to help you you know, have a much you know, cleaner sort of face without a lot of dirt is to make your face seem lighter, you know, which is, I mean, while that trend is going, it's sort of like, you know, going away in India, the, the, the trend of lighter skin is still there. So I think a lot of that story also ties into it. But, you know, looking at the bigger picture for that and also with using coconut oil in our hair, you know, these are, these are some routines. Jumpy. Jumpy. Yeah. Jumpy. jumpy. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um... Oh my god, I remember doing this. <laughs> it was uh, it was disgusting because coconut oil smells, but 
yeah but you know i mean i completely understand you know with the natural ingredients some of the men- some of the ones that you mentioned especially haldi uh, or multani mitti and rose water i mean my grandmom was always telling me to create like a mix like a small pack or like a little mask out of this that you could use on your hands or your legs or you know even your face and it would just give you like a natural glow and this just felt like really organic had its own like f- smell to it and you know we we do remember these things i think every indian household has at some point grown up with this type of an advice and i think it's this is the story that connects uh that connects the rich and the poor it connects it's it's a story that goes goes right from a metropolitan household to a uh, tier 3 city household you know it's it's a story that really connects yeah multi generation multicultural yeah um but you know we are as indians we are all aware of these routines right but why hasn't it been a mainstream focus for this i think it's important to consider that it's not because i feel like we've not really had uh, we just spoke about you know the a beauty which connected to uh, black lives matter you know there was this uh, there was a symbolization there or we speak about korean beauty which in the last few years uh, south korea started focusing so much on um, creating a niche with the youth audience j beauty of course has been around forever but they've always had uh, something organic to them in terms of their minimalism or their culture with us in general i feel like we've not really had our own brown diversion to say you know uh, and the other thing to consider is we might definitely a lot of us are still getting like our culture our brownness is getting roped into the black lives matter we have we don't really have a statement to say that okay we are brown we're not black we're not white we're not uh, southeast asian uh, in a way uh, in a particular way but we are brown and i think that is just not only india you know we might have a population of 1.3 billion but think of our diaspora how wide is that think about countries who are similar to us you know in brown skin if we think about countries like pakistan afghanistan sri lanka bangladesh nepal indonesia you know uh, bhutan indonesia and bhutan or nepal you know you can still have let's say a uh, more eastern roots but at this they still have connections to the brown skin and you know we are it's it's really sad that we do not have a, a brown diversion to say to ex- accentuate this this movement yeah i think in general um uh, products skincare products um or at least a lot of main big brands and all don't customize their products for brown skin you know i think if that were to happen you know you have um indian brands going the ayurvedic route you have kama ayurveda you have forest essentials which i have price point you know um but they are sort of addressing or they're making products for brown skin but you know brown skin like you mentioned is a lot different the kind of problems the kind of skin ailments that we have you know like have hyperpigmentation which i face by the way i'm a nc40 in mac medium deep and hyperpigmentation is something i don't think i've found any skincare products that actually help me combat that or if i don't know if they even exist or maybe they can't exist but i mean has there been any kind of research done specifically for brown skin you know 
if you had suppose i think the way we can actually touch into a cultural standpoint indian beauty was actually trying to customize these products for brown skin yeah i think this could definitely be a point of innovation for india mm-hmm. where you can think about if we were to launch eye beauty regimes i think this could definitely definitely be a point of differentiation where currently the world doesn't have something for brown skin in particular and also considering the fact that india especially as a country you know we we are mainly tropical but at the same time you know if you go up north you can expect a much drier climate yeah. so climate considerations into um, and the effect that it has on brown skin uh, f- from dry to more temperate climates you know understanding how you could create products that are probably maybe you know uh, focused on different weathers or take into considerations a few different indian skin types so that you are targeting a whole brown clientele out there and creating products that are more definitely more more organic considering those are our natural roots but also with all the research and development that can be put into it creating something really extraordinary which can which can really take the world by storm i believe you know currently you have all these uh, products these medicinal products which have become extremely popular in skincare uh, the hyaluronic acid which has become so popular or like products from uh, dermatologists like especially in india you have from dr shades you know mm-hmm. these are products which have which have really caught the world because currently the consumers especially the younger consumers are more informed of uh, of what is happening and definitely something that sounds more scientific and sounds more technology even for a lay lay consumer is something that just seems more serious and more oriented in their approach so i think a good blend of this i mean k beauty has maximized on this approach with using these medicinal approaches and you have some really good luxurious brands even in the west who are adopting this approach but for india while there is uh, there are some brands who are also adopting this clinical approach i think the focus towards still being organic and still using our own regimes our own uh, ingredients and selling stories that can really craft this together in a way that works particularly for the brown skin and the problems like you mentioned you know hyperpigmentation or um, hypersensitivity these these are problems that a lot of indians in general face so i think this could be the step forward customization of products can be this can be the future yeah because while you said no while this trend of um informed of you know medicine like you're using products with a lot of uh say like not medicine but basically the knowledge of ingredients is definitely there a lot of people are getting more informed there is still a huge larger chunk of the indian audience that relies on the natural organic ba- roots of products and they are more akin to actually buy those products simply because they believe in that this is what they've been taught from by their mothers their grandmothers or even like i mean you know anyone really in their family so they trust that a lot more So I think you're right marrying this this you know this trend of um using products you know more more clinical more chemical kind of products and using more natural ingredients and creating a line customized line could be a revolutionary could be a revolutionary sort of regime that can be brought about like I and calling it Indian beauty yeah absolutely um you know I think that for example you know it, Indian beauty 
can come forth. I mean, definitely, I think startups are on this route, you know, but I think your bigger MNCs like L'Oreal all have a larger play sometimes because they have the kind of investments in R&D, the kind, you know, investment in R&D that they can do to build a line like this because customization will require definitely a lot of R&D, you know, because understanding different temperatures, different, you know, il- uh, skin ailments of you know, different types of you know, brown people will definitely require a lot of that. But, you know, this can be the point of innovation, like I mentioned, to allow iBeauty to get a seat at the global table, you know. Um, but yeah, I think I, definitely this could be the case. And innovation is one, but I think, you know, more work needs to be put into create affordable products because everyone cannot afford a forest essentials, you know, Kama Ayurveda. You know, I, I, Kama Ayurveda, like one small bottle, you know, shampoo, it goes up like 600, 700 bucks, which, you know, you're maybe urban millennials, but beyond that, it's a little too expensive to really cater to that, to that market. Yeah. You know, you and I were having this conversation the other day, in fact, with some of the more localized brands at slightly lower price points than Kama Ayurveda or Forest Essentials. Some other brands have been getting a lot of investments, actually, from uh, private equity and, uh, you know, venture capital firms. Uh, why don't you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think uh, I was reading a few articles that P and VC firms in in particular have invested in startups, homegrown Indian startups like Wow Skincare. Uh, I think it raised about $50 million from Chris Capital and uh, Mama Earth, you know, again, another skincare brand. These are not organic skincare brands. They were into other, other they were into other, um, this thing feels before, but they got into skincare and then, and Mama Earth got investors from Sequoia Capital and Fireside Adventures, like about $23.3 million. And, you know, which is a clear indication, a clear trend that you have PEVCs that are investing in these fields. You know, and uh, I think it was wow science that because of these investments and obviously because, you know, they're able to expand their supply chain logistics and get onto Nika and a lot of e-retail websites, the revenue jumped from 100 to 500 crores within a year. Wow, those are some really good names that you've mentioned out there. I mean, with such investment from uh, such VCs, there is so much potential to scale and take a leap in another direction. And especially getting investment from uh, VC funds can kind of, or should rather, open the dialogue or create the platform for brands like this, even homegrown brands to experiment and create products that are more uh, specific to the Indian skin and are not just inspired from uh, Western trends, you know, because we have brands currently, homegrown brands, some of them even I've tried personally, you know, I had Dot & Key or Cairo or um, even for that matter, Ras Oils. Some of these brands are more homegrown brands, but at the same time, you know, after using them, Plum, I realized that a lot of them were really great, were very well marketed and they had like great, they had like a great feel to them. But, and even the price points for, as you mentioned, for an urban millennial were not extremely expensive, but I felt like they were not particularly very effective to my skin. Maybe they could have worked for a certain audience, but in general, given a huge audience, I don't know how effective it is in terms of using these products repetitively. That's why I kind of made the shift to a Korean product then, which is now working much better for my skin. Um, so yeah, there is there is room with VC investments for innovation. Absolutely. And because of this innovation, you know, you can have these brands either via 
manufacturing on their own or even through contract manufacturing actually you know do in manufacturing india basically and utilizing homegrown ingredients you know that would actually emphasize the more indian beauty regimen the story that we want to build and like you said address problem areas faced by indians using indian ingredients homegrown ingredients which could not only is a huge selling point your value proposition is actually effective to combat whatever ailments that all of us have been facing for so many years you know um you know like i mentioned you know contract manufacturing as well you know a lot of brands can do the you know save on cost and actually spend more on marketing like you mentioned because marketing is going to be key you know because what we understood about a lot of skincare is that while obviously these regimes need to be developed different products a lot of them do tend to be similar 60 to 80% of the ingredients tend to be pretty similar it's such as one single active ingredient that differentiates a company from another is required and i think contract manufacturing is a better way to go to save the cost at least in the first few years and establish these brands can establish themselves and sort of you know bring forth the idea of i beauty yeah and also i think manufacturing in india for indian brands can as you mentioned contract manufacturing or in general manufacturing currently in india is uh, is taking on such a larger uh, larger domain you know with the government's current schemes for atmanirbharta and you know the made in india regime is so strong like the government is really pro- propagating this so i think even younger startups could take a leap of faith and uh, try creating something because they would get support i mean other than just the vc funds they, this is something that they would get support from and definitely i think marketing as you mentioned is going to play the biggest role because it's also selling the story to the urban millennials as well as the rest of india you can't take away from that and you have to kind of pitch a story that is working across all these segments which is not that easy to do but with the growing uh, growing reliance on skinfluencers and uh, all the blogs that we all have access to with the internet nowadays i feel like it's possible there are ways with social media with new apps like clubhouse there are ways to create that dialogue to create that influence and you know create that effect marketing is uh, is definitely going to be a key factor i completely agree with you uh one marketing and actually branding products you know customizing into certain certain skin types and skin tones and actually marketing that to influencers instead of sending it to different different influencers with different skin problems would actually purely push forward this you know uh, eye beauty agenda more than anything else yeah and um, you know i think some brands have done a fantastic job with uh, with this uh, some of the homegrown brands i think dot and key they focus on creating marketing techniques especially and they the products are also focused on you know uh, on create elbow care and parts like this which are which are definitely more uh, fascinating and have definitely captured the indian mind so i think with marketing we still have a good foothold so that's it for today's episode guys we would like to leave you on some food for thought here what are some of the problems that you are facing as indians on your skin and do you really believe that eye beauty or indian beauty deserves a seat at the global beauty table We would love to hear your thoughts and if you have any questions please reach out to us via DM on Instagram at coats and mascara or you can also email us coats and mascara@gmail.com 
we would be having a corresponding article related to this uh, related to this episode on our website www.coatsandmascara.com where you could also leave in your comments we really look forward to hearing from you i'm disha and i'm sharvari and we'll see you in the next episode